0: All right, Break 80 podcast. I am so excited to have Crosley Duckman on the podcast tonight. For those of you that do not know, because a lot of us here here stuck in Minnesota, we're talking to, well, a Chicago kid uh, who ended up in Michigan, the owner of Bailey Farms, previously owned by the Bailey family for 20 plus years, sold to the Duckmans back in 2021. Located in arguably one of the greatest golf capitals of the world, just northwest of Traverse City in northern Michigan, and purchased when he was 24 years old. My goodness, that is living the dream. And then one of the sayings that they have, we don't sell golf, we sell a good time on the golf course. Uh, Crosley, thank you so much for coming on. Do very much appreciate your time today. And, and I got to ask first off, why golf? Twenty four years old, starting a business. You had your your background in in finance from undergrad. Uh, yep.
1: Yeah, so I had my uh, my um, graduate with a uh, accounting and business information systems. So I did a double major, planning on becoming a CPA, um, and I was studying for the uh, the CPA exam um, as COVID hit and that's kind of what what started it all um you know a bunch of my bunch of my friends were getting uh getting laid off from their jobs that they had set up and um, you know world was coming to an end as we as we knew it at that time um and the one thing that stayed open was golf um so about once a week during the pandemic my cousin and i um one of one of his friends that I met became a realtor and a, a good friend of mine as well. Um, we golfed about once a week. Uh, we'd pick a new spot and and just get out there, have fun, um, and just just talk about golf and talk about life and what we wanted to do. Um, and you know, one one thing led to another, and you know, I had a couple couple beers with my girlfriend and. Uh, some some of our friends and we were just talking about how amazing it would be to you know own a golf course in the future. You know we weren't thinking about right this moment, but you know somewhere down the line, um, you know that was a, a life goal of ours that we kind of set. And um, it was crazy because about a month later, my grandma, who is from this area, from um, the Traverse City area. Texted me and told me that this golf course uh, was just listed for sale. So, um, completely dropped everything related to the CPA exam uh, and turned all my attention to um, trying to figure out what goes into owning a golf course and and you know how to purchase one.
0: So, so were you were you in Michigan at that time or? were you still in in illinois at that time with with your grandma sending you back this info these details about this course that just came for sale
1: yeah so i was still in uh still in chicago uh, you were in lockdown yeah lockdown were- <laughs> um i had two roommates in a tiny apartment you know just totally going stir crazy um you know especially during the winter most of this happened um you know during the winter i got the The listing at the end of September of 2020, and then, um, you know, my first face-to-face meeting was with the Bailey family was in uh, either the end of December or beginning of January, so, um, you know, a lot of this was taking place during the pandemic, and I was in Chicago, and it was was tough, very tough. What was that like? Uh,
0: Two roommates in Chicago going to... Owning a 200 acre facility in Northern Michigan, I mean, you must have just the whole world must have opened, right?
1: It, yeah, I mean, it's it's been amazing being here. Um, there's a great great community here, um, and just just so much to do outside of, you know we're we're known for golf um, in this area, but um, beautiful wineries, Lake Michigan is just absolutely gorgeous here um plenty of inland lakes to go boating or fishing you know bike trails as as far as you can see so um you know a lot to do a lot lot different than you know being in a in a busy city like chicago
0: absolutely and what so going back to your first couple meetings with with the the Bailey family what led to that purchase? Was there financing that you had to bring in? Was there a business plan that you had to come uh, with? Were you obviously living in a, a smaller place in Chicago? Did you have pieces of yarn connecting different pictures up like a conspiracy theorist as you're getting ready to to make this purchase and, and change your life?
1: Yeah. So it, it, there were scenes of of yarn and, um, you know, <laughs> stuff posted up on the walls and, you know um, we had stuff just scattered everywhere. My, uh, one of my roommates was, a um, big entrepreneur. So he started his first business at 18. So, um, he kind of got me really going and just, just in the mindset of like, all right, I need to, you know, do something and, and -and so-and-so. So we just set up my, our apartment, which is stuff all over the walls and, um, you know, just started with a couple phone calls, um, talking to their realtor, getting their, um, financial reports over analyzing those. And, um, then we slowly, you know, developed a business plan from that. Um, and then just started kind of pitching it to, to banks and whoever wanted to listen, um, you know, getting my, my dad involved, help helped a lot. So, um, you know, it was just kind of, kind of making phone calls, talking to people and, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but it was, it was almost easier than, um, what we thought when we were going into it, you know, we were approaching this giant task that, you know, seemed unachievable. And, uh, you know, we just, like I said, started making some phone calls, talking to people, um, and, you know, this momentum just started going and we just kept rolling with it, rolling with it. And, it, you know, all of a sudden we, uh, we got a call from the bank and I just looked at my girlfriend and I was like, like, this is serious. They, you know, approved our, our loan and, um, you know, loved our business plan. And, um, you know, it just kind of, kind of happened.
0: What what does that feel like? Because I, I bought a condo here recently, and they give you the keys, right? The realtor comes, they give you the keys, you walk into the door. The keys are really symbolic of having the place. There's obviously a set of keys, but that's really not what you're unlocking. The, the clubhouse isn't the biggest acquisition that you made. It's, it's the land, it's the course, it's the dream, it's the architecture, it's everything. What, makes, what made it the most real when you walked onto property? What was that kind of aha piece that you had?
1: So um, as we were going through everything, um, there was a little hitch in the purchasing process where the liquor license, um, you know, kind of got, got halted in everything. So we actually had to delay the sale of it until uh, partway during the season. Um, but since the Bailey family who was selling, great family, um, they were super helpful through the whole thing. Um, they had me come on as general manager for the month where they still owned it at the beginning of the season, just for transparency of, of everything. We knew the sale was going to go through. We just kind of got delayed for a second. Um, so I was out there working and doing everything and, you know, it was, it was awesome. And then the day we had our, our closing in June, um, I came back to the golf course and the previous owners were there with a, uh, you know, the keys in hand. Um, and that's what, what really hit home where I was just like, all right, this is, (laughs) this is it. Yeah.
0: There's a piece and I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but Eric Anders Lang, who's a big YouTuber podcaster, part of, uh, goodness, a part of his whole, whole own golf society, uh, goes into a golf course and works every single job from front, front office to bartending, to cutting the greens, to cutting the pins, to attempting to be general manager. Was that part of your training as well? Did you put on every single hat during, during that time or were you focused more on just learning the business as you transitioned?
1: Yeah. So it was nice because, um, you know, we kind of knew around March that it was going to be, you know, official. Um, so my main goal was to yeah learn all the roles. So I've been bartender, I've been um uh, bag boy, I've been, you know, pro shop front desk, everything. Um, I haven't gotten to the maintenance side yet that takes a little bit more, uh, time and skill to be operating that equipment, but some early um,
0: mornings too.
1: Yeah. Early mornings. <laughs> so, uh, definitely on my list of, uh, you know, jobs I want to accomplish, but, you know, I think one thing of being a leader, um, a manager at any business that it is, is to, to know it from the ground up and um, not just walk in there. Like you assume, you know, everything, um, but actually trying to understand the the day-to-day of, of every single role out there. Mm-hmm.
0: So we did a piece here in, in Minneapolis area about a couple of the local Muni courses, about their profitability, about possible changes that they could make. They have to put money back into the ecosystem. Their, their profits actually go back into the park system here. Mm-hmm. Going back on your business plan, though, obviously you get the whole financial package to reuse however you want. What did that business plan look like? What was the profitability you were looking for in that first? Because it's been your first full season now at the helm.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, the first year we came into it, we really had no clue, no idea what was going on. Um, we had looked at the the previous financial statements, and you know, some of it was during COVID and um You know, the the Baileys knew they were selling, so they were kind of pulling some money out of it and not really caring about um, the profitability, but making it sellable. Um, You know, that was kind of their goal. We knew that as we were looking at everything. Um, So honestly, that first year, we didn't really have too high of expectations. You know, we expected to to lose some money um, just learning it. Um, you know, luckily we, we didn't, luckily we, we made it through and then, um, we spent last winter, um, a lot of time, um, you know, just planning for, for the next season and, um, you know, looking at rounds, getting people in and, you know, having the four play guys out was monumental. Like that was just crazy. Um, you know, that exposure was, um, unlike anything we could have ever asked for or imagined. Um, so that helped a lot. Did and you have uh a, do you have a
0: favorite member of Four Play podcast as they were out there? Anyone that you socialized or gravitated
1: towards? Um, you know, they were all really good dudes. Um, you know, Lurch and Frankie were um, you know, very social, very um thankful. I mean all of them were were very thankful. Um they were they were just a whole bunch of bunch of good dudes. And, uh, I really, really appreciate them coming out. Um, yeah, but anyway, they were like, as far as profitability, you know, it's, it's tough with, um, the, the rise in prices of everything right now. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of known as like the, the average man's course. Um, you know, we're not, um like the Arcadia or the Forest Dunes where you know you're going in there ready to pay $250 around. Um you know we're more around the 85 to $90 round for our you know peak season. Um so you know when our chemicals double in cost over the past year, you know, it, it makes it tough to to deliver that high quality of, of course, while also keeping it that, that average man's course. Um, so those are some things that are, you know, make it tough, but what
0: a wonderful pairing though, because again, you're up in Northern, Northern Michigan, right? Traverse City's known for mm-hmm. maybe not always their most affordable golf, but you're surrounded by, well, beautiful views, a questionable cherry wine, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> questionable. <laughs> uh, and and some great golf courses with with great designers. So really pairing your yourself at $85, $90 for a round of golf with something that is going to break the budget more really adds to the full golf experience for a guy's group up there. Have you seen a lot of uh, locals play the course or have you seen more more tourists? Is there a a, a breakdown of, of your demographic that you see?
1: Yeah, so um you know, we get, we get a lot of tourism in the shoulder seasons as it's still kind of, kind of chilly out, um, before, you know, everyone's out of school, has time off of work, um, a lot more local heavy. Um, and then once we start to get into, um, you know, mid June, July, August, that's when the, the tourism really picks up and it's a lot of, you know, um golf groups that are you know coming up and they play our course um they'll play Grand Travers Resort they'll do Forest Dunes Arcadia um you know kind of that that loop of courses and it is really nice being um you know associated with with those courses where um you know they'll they'll be up you know we get a lot of people from downstate Detroit area um up for a golf trip and you know we'll be like oh where else have you guys gone um You know, it's usually the bear at at the resort, Grand Traverse Resort or Arcadia or Forest Dunes. And um, the feedback that we get from them um, is incredible because a lot of times they'll be like, we wish we played you guys twice or we wish we left this one out or next year, you know, we're not doing that one. We're doing two days here. Um, You know, so it's, it's very nice to, see that feedback from from people coming up here. Is
0: that is that part of the golf culture that you have? Is that the fact that maybe you're not beating people up as bad as a Nicholas design right down the street? Or (laughs) it's not as windy as Arcadia Bluffs? Uh, What what draws people back? What's kind of the culture or the round like?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because um, it is a pretty difficult course. And um, uh, you know, sometimes it does get pretty windy up here because we're up, up on top of a hill. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of, you know, where we're positioned in Leon County, and the way our designer used the land instead of changing the land., um, he did a really good job of of taking these natural, beautiful um, this natural beautiful scenery around and and keeping it very pure um instead of you know changing it moving earth making these um you know hills unnatural hills on sides he he designed the course through you know this this beautiful part of of michigan and um he did a he did an excellent job so it's uh it's a beautiful course our superintendent is fantastic i can't say enough good things about him he just you know, has such an attention to detail um, that just keeps our greens very pure, fairways very pure. So, um, you know, there's all, always work to be done, but you know, it's it's a very enjoyable experience when you're out here.
0: And I took a look at that flyover, and it looks like elevation changes, just mature trees, elevation changes, and some great bunkering at dog legs and around the greens.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have uh, fourteen elevated tee boxes out here, so um, a lot of lot of elevation change. It just creates a very scenic experience when you're out here.
0: Have you had to change how you play golf to better accommodate your own course?
1: Oh, I, absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I, I played in high school, um, you know, more more for the fun of it than for um, actually trying to like really compete hard. And uh, I've always been a grab driver, let it rip. Um, I'll find it somewhere, but um, you know, with this course, it's it's very forgiving. Um, if you're not totally slicing or hooking the ball, um, you can miss fairways and and be alive. And they're pretty generous fairways for how wide they are. Um, so I've had to had to kind of dial it in a little bit swing, swing a little uh not as hard but um it's a, it's a course that if you play it frequently your game will improve across all boards it's 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 pretty challenging
0: now did you have the baseball slice or the hockey hook what was the the miss going into owning your own course
1: uh you know it was just kind of all over the place <laughs> the, the two-way miss the most reliable miss yeah i love it It was, it it. was, uh, you know, most of the time it was, it was going right, but once in a while it would, it would be kind of, (laughs) kind of bad to the left, but that's, that's how it goes.
0: You're chasing our own moniker with us, trying to break 80. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any big changes to the, the course that you see happening? There's a lot of land I saw. There's no real homes on the course. Are there any changes either to holes, to, to bunkering, to grass? that you're thinking about doing or are there home sites possible in the, in the future? What is, what does the future hold for uh, Bailey farms?
1: Yeah. So um, our number one goal is to, um, you know, reinvest what we're making right now um, back into the course. Um, You know, it's, it's not um, something that I'm just trying to, you know, make a bunch of money and, and move on and, and do the next thing. It's, um, you know, this is something that I want to do for the next 30, 40 years of my life. Um, it's not something that I'm just trying to, you know, make a quick buck on. Um, so everything right now is, is going back into the course. Um, we're starting off on, um, you know, just kind of some beautification projects that we have, um, you know, bring back the tree line a little bit. We have, um, some issues with um like bushes that are starting to grow up on tree lines making it a little difficult for play so um yeah again just trying to trying to beautify it there's some spots that get a little soggy when it when it rains too much um so some draining um that's kind of our our first goal is to you know put the beauty back into it put some love and care into it and then we'll start to um you know look at some other things that that will need fixing um we don't have any plans for for housing out here right now um you know if if we did that's going to be you know a long ways down the line but um you know first and foremost is is the course um it's like i said it's it's a beautiful spot beautiful place here in michigan and and that's you know my my number one goal is is to preserve that and and keep that a community asset. Excellent.
0: we focused a lot on the positives. I hate to bring up the negatives, but who knows, there could be a listener out there that wants to buy their own course. In fact, I, there's a couple folks here in the area in Minneapolis that do just that, that I think listen to this podcast. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you've had to overcome? What should someone that is getting into owning their own golf course at, at 24 years old, what should they know?
1: Um, the balance of life is, is hard. Um, you know, we're, we're a six month season here. Um, so we're lucky enough to have time off. Um, but during that summer, um, you know, I'm, I'm 12 hours a day. I'm I'm always on call even when I'm, when I'm away. Um, so it's a lot of time spent, um, you know. Grinding, and you know the the lucky thing is is um, I'm passionate about it, and you know whoever out there that might be buying a golf course, if you're truly passionate about it, it is 100% worth it. Um, but that's been the hardest thing um, I found is is balancing that that home to work life balance. Um, you know, making sure I'm I'm spending enough time for myself in the summer um, you know, away from, from just doing work stuff. So, um, like I said, you know, it's, it's a fine line to draw, but it's in the end, it's, it's been worth it so far. So I, I can't complain.
0: You got to look around and smell the pines. Okay. Yeah. No, well, exactly. Thank you so much, Crosley, for coming on for the listeners again, Bailey farms located 20, 25 minutes north of of Traverse City? Just about, yeah. Excellent. About 25 minutes north of Traverse City. So your next Michigan golf trip. And I know a lot of you will have those to include things like the Grand Bear, things like Arcadia Bluffs. Go ahead and and visit Bailey Farms because it's going to be the best value in golf for for Northern Michigan and possibly in Michigan. Um, And again, Rossi, thank you for coming on the podcast, and for those listeners, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Maybe today's the day I break eighty. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the eighty.
1: the gold. Would you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby, now I got a wedge on my short game cravings, little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy, so punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. 30, 30, break 80. Break 80. Look at this
0: Break 80. This. This break, 80. <laughs> break 80. A
1: fantastic break 80. Break 80.